All the passengers would have liked to attend. I wondered how many there would be in the crowd at the hanging. The newspapers had been following the story for many months. The public's hunger for salacious detail had been fed with a mixture of fact, speculation, and bizarre statements from unnamed sources. Even respectable titles had joined the discussion. I alighted at St. Margaret's coach station, grateful to put the stuffy confinement of the carriage behind me. The gaslights had been extinguished already, so I had to pick my way over the uneven cobbles with care. The sky was showing the first grey of dawn, but that only seemed to deepen the shadows. I was not the only one making my way up to Churchgate in the direction of the border. Two gentlemen and a lady walked on ahead of me, and I spotted another man behind. By the time I reached the clock tower, that thin scatter had turned into a trickle. The official border crossing was naturally closed. Not that anyone would have thought of using it. Two Republic guards in blue uniforms sat slouched in the kiosk nearest me, perfectly mirroring two Kingdom guards in red uniforms in the kiosk on the other side. It was the eternal symmetry of the divided city. Approaching Cheapside, the trickle had grown to a stream, so that by the time I reached the Odeon crossing, I had to queue taking my turn to pass payment to the owner. Then I was feeling my way through a dank passageway below overhanging eaves, emerging a few moments later on a street the far side of the border. In the kingdom, I was wanted by the law. Even in disguise, I would not normally have risked the crossing, but today the crowd would protect me. I would be one face among thousands, tens of thousands if that many could fit around the gallows. The eastern sky had turned from grey to red, streams of people threaded between empty market stalls, converging as they progressed. Tens became hundreds. I found myself jostled as we funnelled into the narrow confines of Angel Gateway. Though I could see no individual who was talking, a low shuffling hum issued from the crowd. The sound put my skin on edge. There was a grim energy to it, like a swarm of insects, stirred up and ready for some terrible event. Then, suddenly, we were through the passageway and stepping out onto the wide plaza of Gallow Tree Gate, already crowded. And there, I saw it, a sturdy platform of squared-off timbers, standing clear of the heads of the crowd. Above it ran the single beam from which dangled three short chains, each ending in a hook, a casket and a barrel rested on the right-hand side. The pressure of new arrivals was pushing the crowd forwards. We were being crushed together, children and the old, high-born and commoners. I had never been to an execution before, though I had read reports. They spoke of a party atmosphere, of jeering and gossip and the throwing of rotten fruit. But this crowd whispered. This crowd seemed more like an army on the dawn of a battle. Raising myself onto my toes, I could just see a line of red uniforms, men-at-arms standing in front of the gallows platform. Their shouldered muskets looked like a thin stockade. Too flimsy, I thought. I felt the approach of the condemned woman before I heard the cart. A shiver of tension passed through the crowd. The low drone dropped away to almost nothing. And then she was there, a slight figure in the distance just visible above a sea of heads, as if she was wading, 
and like a sea, the crowd surged, bodies pressed, and I found myself shuffling forwards. How they made room for the cart, I do not know, yet soon she was behind the scaffold. First to climb the wooden stairs was the rotund figure of the executioner, Clarence Hobb, masked, yet a celebrity known to all. Over his shoulder rested a length of rope, one end tied in a noose. Next up was a red-coated marshal carrying a roll of parchment. Then the condemned woman began to climb. A sound like a breeze moving through dry grass whispered around me as all drew in breath. When I first met her, she had been wearing fine clothes. Now they had dressed her in a coarse shift, bone white and shapeless. Her blonde hair had been tied back in a tight ponytail. Her arms were held awkwardly behind her. I could not see.